Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I am your confidence connoisseur here to help you end body shame, find freedom from the shoulds, and learn to love being you inside and out. Join me as we discuss how to break diet dependence, demystify current health and wellness trends, and help you find the confidence to feel empowered in your life. With that, let's go to the show. Hey friends, welcome back. I am so excited for today's topic because this one comes up all the time, all the time. And this question is, how do I be okay with my body? And when I hear questions like this, oftentimes I wonder, what is the real question underneath the question? In counseling, counselors talk about how the problem is never the problem. There's always something deeper that's going on. So when we talk about how to be okay with your body, it naturally begs the question, why are you not okay with your body? What happened to you in your life to make you question and critique and criticize the body that you currently have? What happened? Because as kids, we don't do this, right? We don't do this. I have a four-year-old who couldn't care less about the shape or size of his body. He thinks he's got the best body in the world, and he walks around flexing his muscles and talking about how big and tall and strong he is. He doesn't have any complexes. Little girls twirl around in their skirts and dresses thinking that they're princesses. They have the cutest little two pieces and they don't worry about what they look like in their bathing suits. So what happened? What, what happened to you? What happened to me? What happened to all of the women and men that we would suddenly start questioning our bodies and feel like our bodies aren't right. So what is it about our bodies? I often hear things like, well, Kim, it's that I'm just, I'm too squishy or I'm too soft or I'm too jiggly or I've got a muffin top and I've got bat wings and I've got a double chin. And I'm just curious, why are those bad things? Why? Is having a stomach that hangs over your jeans, why is that a bad thing? Why is it bad to have a double chin? Why is it bad that your thighs jiggle when you walk? Who says that's not okay? A lot of people say, well, I don't have enough muscle tone. I'm not fit enough. I don't have muscles that show. I don't have hip bones. I don't have collarbones, etc. And who says that your muscles have to show? Who says that you have to have a six pack? Why is it not okay to not have muscles? Why is it not okay? And who said that? And when you think back to who said it, in your life, I want you to really think about where they're coming from. Are they certified? A lot of certified 
personal trainers, nutritionists have specific studies that they've done and specific bents and agendas that they bring based on their training that they have. So maybe they said that you need to be more fit or you need to have a smaller, tighter body. Maybe it was a doctor. Maybe a doctor looked at you and said, hmm, I think you should lose weight. Did you know, by the way, that doctors are required out of their four plus years at medical school, that they're required to take one nutrition class. And it's like Nutrition 101. It has nothing to do with functional medicine at all. So looking at it from that perspective of where did they come from? For a lot of influencers in the health and fitness industry, myself included, they get their start from a personal experience. Someone told them their body was not okay and they changed it. And now they're going to help you do the same thing. But the problem here is that we have to look at why we're not okay and how to fix that before you can even start to work on your physical appearance. You have to start with understanding why it's not okay in your mind to have the body that you do before you can even start seeking out things like health, wellness, weight loss, fitness, any of that. That has to come secondary to acceptance. And I'm not talking about acceptance with resignation, that you just give up. That's not it at all. No, 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 no. We're going to understand why you're not okay with your body and how to accept it so that you can move forward and pursue things like health and what that means for you so that you can pursue fitness that works in your life and that makes you feel good. If weight loss is something that you really are wanting, then we'll figure out that part too. So I have 10 ways for you to start to change the question from how to be okay with your body to how do I celebrate my body? How do I have a body and a life that I cherish? How do I love being me inside and out? We're going to change the conversation here from not just simply how to be okay with your body, but how you can thrive in your body. And I'm, I want to put a little caveat here and say that I'm not talking about body love, okay? This is something that I feel like, for the most part, is unrealistic, okay? I'm, a lot of us have so much baggage when it comes to our bodies, and there's so much work to do that I feel like aiming for this, I have to be body loving all the time. I got to love my body, love my rolls, love my curves, love it, love it. Friend, you don't have to love it. Nope. (laughs) You can go ahead and let yourself off the hook for that one. I do think that accepting what you're working with and appreciation for your body is an amazing place to start. And if you don't start there, any work that you do, any diet that you do, any weight loss program that you try, any fitness routine that you pick up is not going to deliver what you think it will. It just won't. 
Okay, so here we go. Let's dive in. 10 ways to start to thrive in the body that you have and move into body acceptance and appreciation rather than body loathing, body hating, body shaming. Here we go. Number one, quit the search for external validation. Let me say it again. Quit the search for external validation. That means you cannot look to other people to make you feel good about yourself. And this applies inside and out. Because when you're seeking that external validation, you're still not okay internally, which means that you will always be seeking that next compliment. You will always be looking for it. And if you don't get it, you're going to feel disappointed and think, oh gosh, now what do I have to do to get them to notice me? So you've got to quit looking for that. What, hap- what would happen? Just uh, here's a question. What would happen if nobody ever said anything about your physical appearance ever again? What if you lost 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 50, 100 pounds, and nobody said a thing? Nobody said a thing. What would that do to you on the inside? If that would cause some unease and discomfort, then this is a big one. I think this is a big one for all of us. Everybody wants to be complimented. Everybody wants to hear positive things. But friend, you need to be the one giving yourself validation. And you have to practice this. And we'll talk about how to do it in the other nine steps. But this is the biggie. Is you've got to stop looking for it elsewhere. And you have to start providing it for yourself. If you're waiting for your spouse to do it, your friend to do it, your coworkers to do it, you're going to be waiting a long time and you'll always be waiting. Instead, start to supply that validation for yourself. And where does that start? Acceptance. It also starts with number two, which is unfollowing influencers who make you question your body. So if you follow people on Instagram, Facebook, and magazines, online websites, blogs, any any influencer, why is that word so hard to say? Influencer in your life that is making you feel uneasy about your body, you've got to stop following them. They're not serving you. If every time you go to their website, you're like, oh, wow, look at them. I don't look like that. Oh, that's such a terrible feeling. And I totally know this feeling. I, there's one particular woman that I had to stop following. Her blog, I loved it, but she she looked great. She lost a lot of weight, and I found myself comparing myself to her all the time. I was like, man, why don't my legs look like hers? Why don't my arms look like hers? I don't work out as much as she does. I don't eat as little as she does. Guys, that rabbit trail will get you nowhere. Nowhere. You need to find people who are in similar places as you. And also people that are where you want to be. So if there's someone out there that's just living their life and you see that and you're like, I want that too, then that's the direction to head. I hope that makes sense. I feel like that was a little convoluted, but unfollowing influencers that make you question your body. Number three, ditch the scale. Oops, sorry. That was my. Ditch the scale, my friend. 
ditch it. You don't need it. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't benefit you. It doesn't add to your life. If anything, it takes away from your life. Because let's be real, a scale is a metal box with three numbers that show you your relationship to gravity. It's like we almost expect when we step on the scale for it to be like, woo, congratulations, here's your three numbers. But instead, we get tortured by those numbers. Even if they're less than they were the last time you weighed yourself, it's never enough. It's never enough. And those crazy numbers have the audacity to change. How dare they? Those numbers, you have been on this diet for a week. How come your numbers aren't smaller? How many numbers should you be? What's an acceptable amount? What should this scale say? And then you go looking for those answers on Google, in magazines, on websites, of how many your numbers should be. When you think about it that way, it's a little bit, it's a little bit silly. It's a little bit silly. So ditch the scale. It is not serving you. It is not helping you get to a place of body acceptance at all. And you can argue and fight for it because there are women that do. Oh boy that defend their scales to the death. But friend, think about it. If you, especially if you're weighing yourself more than once a day, I would say that that is a big red flag and something to be looked at for sure. It's not serving. Number four, stop using labels like thin, fit, skinny, fat, healthy, Those labels do not help. (laughs) And those labels are completely individual, right? Because I may think that somebody's skinny, but you think that they're not. I may think somebody's healthy, but maybe they're not. It's so subjective, these labels that we put on things. And sometimes these are subconscious and they're just kind of on autopilot, if you will. From way back when, maybe in your childhood or growing up in high school, uh, you just learned these labels and you just apply them liberally to yourself and to others. Stop doing that. Catch yourself when you hear yourself say, oh, so-and-so is so skinny or so fit or so fat. Don't, Don't use these labels. They do not help get you where you want to be. Number five, stop judging other people's bodies. And this includes yours. This is something that I'm going to be really vulnerable about right now and say that I used to do. Working. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, that's my phone again. It's my move in Scrabble. Nope, not Scrabble. Boggle. Just kidding. So in the fitness industry, it is hard to not look at other people's bodies and to judge because that is how I made a living is by approaching you if I saw that I could improve your body somehow. So that took me a long time to get over. And when I stopped judging other people, it was amazing how I slowly, slowly (laughs) stopped judging myself. Because when we extend grace to others, we extend it to ourselves. You cannot help it. You just can't. So stop judging other people's bodies. You don't know their story. And that includes like heavier bodies and lighter bodies. See, labels, they do us no good. But you know what I'm saying. People that you think are bigger, people that you think are smaller. You don't know how they got there. You don't know. So don't worry about it. Don't look around. Stay in your own lane. Number six, identify the original source of your discontent. 
So this kind of, we were talking about this in the beginning of understanding where this problem with your body originated. Maybe for you, it was something your mom said. Maybe she told you to suck in your gut. Or maybe she told you that you were looking chubby. I heard that one a lot. Maybe it was, oh, maybe it was kids at school. Guys, kids are mean. They always have been. They always will be. I don't understand it, but they are. And you know what? Sometimes the scars of what kids say stick with us so much. Personal story, when I was nine years old, my body changed a lot when I was nine, but when I was nine, right, third grade, I walked into the cafeteria and Jennifer Ellis, I remember her very clearly, stood up in the cafeteria and said, oh my God, Kim, you need a bra. And it was the most, oh, to this day, I still, every time I go bra shopping, I think about Jennifer Ellis, right? It doesn't hold me back. It doesn't stop me. It doesn't affect me, but it definitely passes through my mind. So sometimes it's scars from kids. Sometimes it's how your body was treated. Maybe you were abused physically, sexually, emotionally, verbally. And if that's you, friend, I highly encourage you to get some help, to reach out to a counselor or a therapist. If that seems too far, to start talking about it with a loved one or someone safe. Because that, those scars, oh friend, those are deep and those need special tools to help you work through those and to get to a place where they don't impact you so powerfully. And that can be said of, of, you know, comments like Jennifer Ellis's too. If Jennifer Ellis is listening to this podcast right now, girl, (laughs) you were right. I did need a bra. I did. And I'm so thankful that I have them. So that's number six. Number seven is to start to catch the negative thoughts that you have and to turn them around into accepting thoughts. So anytime you pass by a mirror and you're like, oh, what is, oh, insert negative remark here. Catch yourself. This, this is practicing awareness. Catch yourself and switch it. Not into a positive. I'm not saying you have to be positive. I'm saying you got to accept. There's a difference here. Acceptance. Maybe for you, it's that you have a food baby. Maybe you binge ate last night and this morning you're like, ooh, man, my stomach is so jiggly. Turn it around and say, you know what? I made choices last night that aren't really benefiting me this morning. I'm going to learn from those. And this is, this is where I'm at today. I cannot immediately change it. I cannot work it off. I can't sweat it out. I can't drown it in water and hope that it goes away. It just, it's there. And it's there for a little while. And this is what I have. Practicing that acceptance, turning negative into accepting and eventually into positives. If you can get there, if you can get there, you're going to find so much more contentment. Oh man. But for today's podcast, we're just going to move to acceptance. All right. Number, oh, I lost what number we're on. I think we're on number eight. We're on number eight. Practice awareness around food. This is a big one because a lot of us are impacted by the foods that we eat and that translates to how we feel about our bodies. This is so true. 
So when you practice awareness around food, I'm talking about being aware of your emotional state. Being aware of the role that food is taking for you in any given moment. In episode four of the podcast, we talked about the four power-stealing roles of food and how they impact you and how understanding those roles can help you overcome emotional eating, which a lot of us suffer from. I would venture to say everybody emotionally eats. And as you practice that awareness, as you raise that level of awareness, it enables you to make better choices for yourself and to give grace to yourself when you make choices that don't get you where you want to be. Because you will. We all do. My Beyond Balanced Guide has an exercise actually around this, about raising awareness around food, focusing on your physical, mental, and emotional feelings as you sit down to have food. If you haven't gotten that free guide yet, head over to CaptivatinglyConfident.com. There's a bar on the bottom that says, get my free guide. Click on that, sign up. The guide will be in your inbox within 10 minutes. And check that out. It has three basic steps, simple steps, dare I say, to get you started on raising your awareness and taking care of yourself so that you can more easily move into that feeling of being captivatingly confident because that's our goal. That is my hope and dream for you is that you would find your confidence and that you would feel radiant, that you would feel dazzling and inspiring in your everyday life because I believe that that's possible. And I think that working on your mindset around this is the first step to get there. So that was number eight. Number nine, buy clothes that make you feel good. So if you have clothes in your closet that you're saving for when you lose weight or you're saving in case you gain weight, first step, get rid of those. Just get rid of them. You don't need that in your life. It's not serving you. You don't need that. If you have clothes that when you wear them, you are uncomfortable, don't wear them. Don't wear them. Wear clothing that makes you feel good about the body that you're in. And if you're like, Kim, that's just not going to happen. Okay, so find clothes that make you accept the body that you're working with. My mom oftentimes would hide her body in really baggy t-shirts and long shorts and Birkenstocks, if you need to know. This was her uniform of life. Every day, baggy shirt and shorts baggy shirt and shorts. She never wore dresses. She never wore clothes that were form-fitting. Anything that would even slightly hint at a little bit of confidence, she wouldn't wear because she didn't like her body. She hated her body. She tried vehemently to change her body instead of working on the acceptance and letting that be the first step. And so if I can, oh, If I can just help even just one of you to feel like you have just a little bit more confidence to actually wear something with color rather than black because you think that black is slimming and that's the only color you can wear, then that's a success. Because ladies, some of you, and I'm speaking to myself, black is not your color. It's just not your color. It may be slimming, but it's not your color. 
You, maybe you radiate in vibrant blues. Maybe your color is like a gorgeous spring green. Maybe you are a fall color palette. And so those rich, warm jewel tones are your jam. If you don't know what colors make you pop, go get your colors done. Go to Nordstrom. Say, I need to know what colors I should be wearing. It'll change your life when you start to wear clothes that make you feel good rather than clothes that you hide in. And I'm also not saying you need to go out and buy some shapewear so that you can wear like uh, LBD, your little black dress every day. Not what I'm saying. Clothes that make you feel good. Clothes that make you feel confident. Clothes that don't hide your body, but that give you a step in accepting it. And one day, you'll wear clothes that make you feel hot. That's right, hot. You're going to be like, damn, girl, you look good. Talking to yourself. I believe you can get there, my friend. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Trust me. All right, and here's the last one, number 10. Make a list of all of your amazingness and focus on that. If you knew how powerful your thoughts were, you would never have a negative thought again. You wouldn't waste your time. You wouldn't. All you would be thinking about is awesomeness and positivity and drive and motivation. Like that would take over your life if you understood how powerful your thoughts are. Because they are. But a lot of us aren't aware. Right? There's a lot of reasons that we're not aware of those. Freud has a lot to say on it, but we'll leave him for another day. But here's where you start to change that. You make a list of things that are not physical that are awesome about you. And maybe you, when you sit down and you write these out, maybe you only have one, maybe two. You, maybe you feel like, whoa, I wrote three things down. I'm a boss. Start there and start to focus on those things. What makes you special? What makes you unique? What separates you from everybody else? Because you are wonderfully and beautifully made. You have been created with special gifts and talents and personality and character. You have been created. And as a creation, you can't help but have goodness inside of you. And maybe this takes you back to, you know, Question number, ooh, heavens, six, five. I don't have these numbered, so I'm just numbering them as I go. But maybe you, that original source of your discontent, maybe that taught you to look at the negative and to focus on that. My friends, negativity and guilt and shame are not motivators for change. They're not. Whoever said you can guilt yourself into a new life is wrong. You can't. Those feelings will keep you stuck in a cycle that leaves you feeling broken and like a failure. And you're not. You're not. You are amazing. You are incredible. You are a woman. Or you're a man. You're a man listening to this. You're a man. Or if you're confused about who you are, focus on non-gender. And think about the things that make you awesome. What is it inside of you? And as you begin to focus on these things and start to 
let them kind of work their way in. Because at first it may feel awkward. First it may be like, oh, this is weird. But as you practice letting those in, not only will you be able to start to do that for yourself, but you can start to do it for others. And you can look at other people and be like, hey, hey, boo, I see your awesomeness. Yup, I see it. And you could start to call it out in other people. And what if we started doing this for each other? What if we started calling out each other's awesomeness and we were intimidated by one another? What if we didn't compare, but we celebrated and we shared and we had me too moments all over the place? What would our world look like? I think it would be incredible. And I believe it's possible. I believe it with my whole heart. I believe it so much. I built a company to do that very thing. And I spend my evenings not watching Grey's Anatomy because I'm on season four. I, I mean, I've seen it before, but I'm, I'm re-watching. But I could be sitting on my butt watching Grey's right now. But instead, I'm talking to you because I believe that you can do this. I believe that no matter what, you have the ability to be captivatingly confident and to inspire it in other women. I think it was, oh, Nelson Mandela. And then somebody requoted it. Oh, I can't think of her name. Oh, I can't remember. But she said that, you know, when you let your light shine, other people can't help but shine theirs too. It's contagious, my friend. It's affecting. When you see a woman who is comfortable in her skin, who has embraced who she is, you can't help but look at her and your jaw almost hits the floor because it's so attractive. You can't help it. You're just like, oh, I want to be like that. And it's not for the sake of comparison, but it's for the sake of motivation, right? Let's inspire each other. Let's motivate each other. Let's help each other. I saw something on Instagram the other day that said, what if we walked around like queens adjusting each other's crowns without saying a word? I was like, ooh. Every now and then, there's a little nugget on Instagram that I just cling to. And I just, that visual for me is so powerful. Because so often we tear each other down, right? Even if it's in our own heads, we do this thing, I do this thing too. And what if we stopped? And we started lifting each other up. A rising tide lifts all the ships. And I want us to be the rising tide, my friends. So that is how we start to move forward. This is how we start the movement. Is by accepting the body that you have. Not not loving just yet. Maybe someday you get there. But if you don't, that's okay too. But accepting what you're working with. So then that way you can start to seek out other areas like health, wellness, fitness. Maybe you start to work on self, inner self stuff and start getting your mind worked on. There's all sorts of mental health. That's the one I was looking for. There's, there's so much for you, friend. And I just feel like you need to hear this right now, that there is so much for you and you have so much potential to change your life and to change other people's lives. You have that potential. You have the ability to start working on these things so that your kids, if you have them, or kids that you influence, can see you rocking your awesomeness and learn to do the same for themselves. 
As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, other episodes, the Beyond Balanced Guide, anything. I want to hear what you think about it. So head over to the Captivatingly Confident Facebook group, kimludeman.com will get you there, and post, share your thoughts about how you are going to move forward in being more than okay with your body, or maybe some thoughts that you've had about the guide, or questions that you have. Let us come alongside you and celebrate the awesomeness that is you. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.